was going to start speaking to you in Spanish uh, because that's what normally I preach on. But So it will take me a little bit to catch up. If I say something funny, just laugh. Think I did it on purpose, you know. But we're going to open our Bibles today in Luke chapter 6. I want to really thank um, the pastor for allowing me to preach tonight. I know as a pastor it's hard to, to not preach. You want to talk to your people. You want to preach to your people. And honestly, there is no person better to preach to the church than the pastor. And I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to preach tonight. Uh, I really consider this church a home. Uh, every time we come back, uh, Leo calls it home. My wife calls it home. And uh, home for them is here. So I appreciate you guys allowing us to be here and, uh, and treating us like family. Uh, we feel home every time we come, every time uh, that we come in here, the love, the, the prayers, the support, the help. Uh, I just can't thank you guys enough for, for, for allowing us to be here. So I am excited to preach. Uh, there's no better place that I'd rather preach than my church, but the second best place is probably here. And I want to thank you for, for, for coming and listening to the sermon. Luke chapter 6, please. Luke chapter 6, and we're going to read a few verses, just starting on verse 46 and going down to verse 49. And if we can stand up for the reading of God's word, um, we're going to read a few verses, 46 to 49, Luke chapter 6, 46 to 49. The Bible says this, And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. And he is like a man which built in a house and dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon the rock. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built in a house upon the earth against which the stream did beat vehemently, and immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity that you give me to preach. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity that you give us to gather around this church building and listen to your word. What an amazing word we have tonight. I beg you, Lord, that you please fill me with your spirit. That you help me, Lord, to say exactly what you want me to say. And I ask you, Lord, that because of this sermon, somebody might be helped tonight. God, I do not want to preach a good message or a message that will make anybody think that I am somebody, Lord. I just want to preach to help somebody tonight. I ask you that you place my heart in the right place. That you open our hearts, Lord, for your word. And you help us to change something tonight. I ask you, Lord, that you please be right here in this place tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. You can, you can sit down. Every Christian, and home, every Christian home can be and should be a successful home. I want to preach to you tonight a little bit on the subject, how to, how to build a successful marriage. How to, live a success, how to build a successful marriage. I know there is a lot of subjects that we could preach about. But I really believe that God put that in my heart this week. And I want to be a help to some of you tonight if I can. How to build a successful marriage. It is amazing to believe that the marriage is going more and more into divorce. Every family looks like it. Kind of feels like the divorce is an option. And the Christian culture now today 
goes more and more and more towards divorce and less and less to a successful home. Many marriages today live with the question, can I really build a successful marriage? I believe, I remember when I first got to Guadalajara, many of the questions that they asked me right there and then was, is, is it really possible to have a successful marriage? You know, I see my cousin, they get married, and a few years later, he's divorced. You know, the average marriage lasts about five years. And they have that question, and young people have the question, can, should I get married? Young couples have the question, are we going to make it? Some couples have the question, can it, be, can it even be possible? And it is a shame that that question has to happen in the Christian world. Can I build a successful marriage? While some are just getting hitched, you know, some are just getting divorced. Many people and many marriages are getting divorced, but you know what this, the worst thing is? Is that those that are not getting divorced, many of them, are dismayed, they are discouraged, they are depressed, they live in a hell that they just call home. We fake it on a Sunday morning, when we get tonight, when we get to our house, the fight starts, the barking starts, we can't get along, the kids are crying, don't tell mommy that, don't treat daddy like that. And we have homes are just not good homes. God designed the home to be a safe haven for every person. I, 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 tell, I, I got married when I was 19 years old. And they asked me this, how, how long have you been married? You know, I'm about to turn eight years, correct? I don't want to get divorced tonight. I hope I get that right. <laughs> eight years married now. And I tell them, you know what my only regret is? And, I, and I, I mean this with all my heart. The only regret that I have is that I'm not married sooner. Because I started living the day I got married. You know, we have fun, we enjoy our home, and you know, I got designed the home to be a safe haven for every family. God wants you to have a happy home. God wants you to have a successful home. God wants you to, go to, to, to run out from work and try to get back home. God wants every Christian to have a good home. But it is sad to say that so-called Believers, that people who have called upon the name of the Lord don't have that. They don't have it. The guy gets off of work and he's looking for somewhere else to go, but he doesn't want to go home. The wife is wondering where he is, and when he comes back home, instead of waiting happily, it's just a problem. They last a few years, they fight. I don't know about you, but as a pastor, it hurts every time that you see that. Every time that you saw a home that you know it can and should be successful, and it's not. So the question begs, how, how can I build a successful home? Now you may ask, well, what is a successful home? A successful home is that home that is built on the rock. Is that home that is not perfect, but the rock is. Is that home that even though the storms are, are present, God is present. You know, a home, many people think that a home that is a successful home is a home that doesn't have any problems. And you say, well, you made it because you have a good wife. You made it because you just don't have bad circumstances. You made it because, and they try to fill in the blank. You know why people do make it? 
only when they build their home on the rock. What a wonderful rock we have. You know, he is the rock of ages. He is the rock of my salvation. He is my God. He is my refuge. He is my happiness, my joy, my peace. He is my rock. And we can build successful homes when we build successful homes on the rock. You know, it is sad that Christians and many Christians want to build a home and they build a mess instead of a home and they do it because they do not build on the rock. This is why the Bible tells us, look what the Bible tells us in verse 46. And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say. The problem of our marriages is right there in verse 49. Look what it says. But he that heareth and doeth not. You know, the problem with our marriages today is not that we don't hear enough preaching. It's not that the pastor is not preaching about the home. It's not that the Bible doesn't say anything about the home. It's not that we don't have any resources out there to listen about the home. The problem is that we hear, but we don't do. We don't do. The Bible tells us how to be, how a, a, a wife should be. And you know what we do? We don't do that. We know better. The Bible tells us how the husband ought to be, but the husband knows better. We know what we should do, but we don't do it. We know where we should be, but we're not there. And we build our homes thinking that we know best. And then the home reaches a point where you say, hey, I did not know. It's too late. You know, I was, one day when I first got married, you start to buy the furniture and all of that. And my wife and I, we started to buy this furniture and my wife really wanted some dressers for some reason. So we got some, some dressers and we're putting them in. And My wife tells me, you know what, you should. Do, do you want me to help you put them together? You know, you buy those Walmart dressers. And I thought, nah, I got it. I'm, I'm Mexican. I should know how to use tools. No problem. No problem. So I sailed to do the task at hand. And... Uh, I don't, I think they missed, I think they gave me the wrong pieces or something. Because it did not fit together. It just did not fit together. So I went and bought another one, right? And I didn't blame them. I was a nice guy, did not return it. I went and got another one. But it was just as messed up as the first one. So then I went to work all frustrated and all. I came back and guess what? My wife had put them together. And they still had some different holes in different places where it shouldn't be holes. And those were the holes that I made. But they looked okay. And I was like, what did you do? How did you do it? She told me, oh, I just read the instructions. What do you mean you read the instructions? Yeah, there's a little book that it comes with and it tells you what to do. And I said, you know what, that's amazing. You know how many Christians have broken homes? Because we don't see the instruction. You know how many people lose their marriage, lose their kids, end up in, in a mess? Because they do not care to listen to the instruction. We know best. You know, that dresser, I can just buy another one, put it together. I can buy one made. I can redo it. It can have a couple holes and still work. You know what won't work? You can't redo your marriage. You can't do your, you can't redo your kids. There are some things that if you do not do right,
I'm begging every marriage tonight to maybe look inside and say, hey, am I building on the rock? Am I doing what the Bible says? The question tonight is, what does it take to have a successful home? Do you desire to have a successful home? Do you have a successful home? Luke chapter 6 tells us the story of two builders. These two builders starting to build. One guy decided to build on the rock. Sounds like a great idea. He started to build his house. Put it all the way up. Maybe he was a little tired. He worked hard. But finally built a home. Then the Bible tells us that the storms came. And his house was fine. The other tells us that the other guy. He said, you know what? Building on the rock is too hard. That's outdated. That's not going to work for me. So he decided to build on the sand. The storms came. His house fell. Luke chapter 6, it tells us the instructions on how to build a successful home. Jesus boldly tells every single Christian, you, if you want it, you can have a successful home. You can have a home you want to go back to. You can have a home that you want to be at. You can have a home that has peace. You can have a home that has joy. You can have a home where you can stay together until death do us part. Jesus tells us, yes, you can. You can do it if you want it. This is why I want to study this chapter tonight and just give you three simple truths taught in this passage on how to build a successful marriage. The first thing that I want you to see is found in verse 46. Look what the Bible says. And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not, and do not the things which I say? Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is he is like the first thing that I want you to see. It's the commandment. The commandment. The commandment is simple. The Bible tells us that if a Christian is to build a successful home, he must listen to Jesus' command. And the command is simple and he says, hear my words and obey them. Hear my words and obey them. The, the, the commandment, the instruction for every Christian is to hear my words and obey them. I believe that many of us would love to sit right in front of Jesus Christ and ask him many questions. And I believe the question of the century would be this. How do we have successful homes? If you could sit right in front of Jesus Christ and tell you, hey, give me the secret, the advice, the, the, that one thing that I need to do to have a successful home. You know what he will tell you? Exactly what he said 2,000 years ago. Hear my words. Obey them. He gave us everything that we need in this book to have a successful home. The first thing that we ought to do, the Bible says, is hear my commandments. Hear my commandments. That tells us that you have to hear my commandments. It is very important to build a successful home that we hear, that we listen to God's word. You know what that means? It does not mean to listen to Facebook stars. You know, many times we end up in trouble because we're listening to these influencers online and they're telling you, do this, do that. You don't even know how his marriage is. You don't even know if he's married. And you say, oh, that sounds so nice. I'm just going to go ahead and do that. 
And then you end up in a mess. He doesn't even know your name. Jesus says, hear my words. He doesn't say, hear the counsel or the advice of your friends. You know how many times I have to counsel people? Well, my friend told me. Bad advice. Bad advice. This is why Jesus is so adamant to say, hear my words. It is important that the Christian stops listening to false teachers on Facebook. It is important that we don't listen to psychology, that we don't have to listen to books. We don't have to listen to bad counsel. We don't have to listen to bad friends. We don't have to listen to non-believers. We don't have to listen to experts because we have the book. The book. The one thing that can build a good marriage is right in your lap and is right here. You don't need to be asking. You know, I remember my dad told me, you know what? You never have to go for marriage counseling. I said, whoa, what do you mean? Tell me, just read the book. Just read the book. Everything is right here. What the pastor is going to tell you, right here. You know what I did find out? It's amazing. He has every, question, every answer to every question that you ever had. Bible tells you, hear my words. Look what 1 Kings 11 says. 1 Kings 11. 1 Kings 11. 1 Kings chapter 11, verse 38. 1 Kings chapter 11, verse 38. And look what the Bible says. The Bible says, And it shall be, if thou wilt hearken unto all that I command thee, and will walk in my ways, and do and do that is right in my sight, to keep my statutes and my commandments, as David my servant did, that I will be with thee, and build thee a sure house, as I built for David, and will give Israel unto thee. The Bible tells us God blesses those who listen to his commandments. The problem is not that we don't have enough information out there. The problem is not that we got to be more educated. The problem is not the culture. The problem is not the person. The problem is not your wife. The problem is not your husband. The problem is not even your mother-in-law. The problem is that you do not listen to God's word. That is the problem. The Bible tells us it's so important that the Christian listens to God's word. Now here's the question. Do you read your Bible? Do you read your Bible? It is so important that the Christian reads their Bible. Here's the question. When do you come to church, are you ready to listen to his word? You know, many Christians go to church, and they're expecting a great message and a great truth that is going to change your life. And we want to give you that. As pastors, we want to give you that. But there are some people that sit down and say, okay, pastor, change me. Like if I'm some type of magic, I'm just going to tell something, boom, you're just going to get it. If you don't come prepared, it does not work. Do you remember a guy named Stephen? He came to preach. The guy, man, he was a pre the Bible tells us he was full of the spirit, ready to preach. And what did they do? They stoned that guy. There's another guy named Jonah. He didn't even want to preach. He told him, let him go to hell. That's what he said. I don't want to save any of them. He says, I don't want to preach to them the worst person in the planet and then the whole city gets saved why because the heart of the person was ready to listen you know why you don't change it's nothing to do with the preacher it's nothing to do with the word it's everything to do with your heart when you come to church 
Do you, do you come to say, hey, I want to be changed? Do you pray before the message and say, God, speak to me? Do you come to the altar and make decisions? You know, it is amazing. When I go to churches, the pastors are the ones in the altar. And us that we need it, we don't go. You know why? Because that's everything to do with the heart. And many times, we are in trouble, our kids are in trouble, because we do not want to listen to what God has to say. How is your ear tonight? Do you listen to his commandments? If you're going to build a great home, you've got to listen to his commandments. You know what? The next thing the Bible tells us, you've got to obey his commandments. Look at what James 1 says, James chapter 1. James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse 22. James 1, 22. The Bible tells us, James 1, 22. The Bible says, but be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, they, he being not a, for, a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. The Bible tells us, you know what? God blesses those who hear his word, and God blesses those who follow his word. It is not enough just to come to the church, listen to the sermon. If you do not live it outside, it's not going to help you. It's not going to help you. You can come and listen to husbands love your wives. And then leave and not love your wife is not going to help you. Pastor can preach all about he wants to. Wives, respect your husbands, but if you get back home and you don't respect them, not, nothing's going to change. You can hear, but if you don't do, it doesn't work. Bible tells us you ought to be a hearer and a doer. Obey my commandments. The Bible even compares it to a person that goes to the mirror. Goes to the mirror, looks at what it's ugly, and then does nothing about it. I'm not going to say anything about anybody tonight, okay? But we go to the mirror, why? To change, right? If my hair is not made, I'll make it because that's why I'm looking at the mirror for. But you know what the problem is, is that we care more about our appearances than we care about following what God said. Come to the church, the pastor holds up the mirror for you, and you get mad at the pastor instead of saying, you know what, he's right. You say, oh, again, that subject. Like if you were already doing it. There was a pastor one time and they told him, Pastor, you keep preaching the same thing and the same thing and the same thing. When are you going to change the message? Because when you start doing that one, then I'll give you another one. You know, it tells you nothing to hear the word and not do anything about it. You know why so many young marriages are in trouble? Because they want to come, hear the word of God. They want to hear a cute message, feel good about themselves, leave and not change anything. Ten years down the road, five years down the road, seven years down the road, no matter if you went to Bible college or you didn't, no matter if you grew up in church or you didn't, if you do not do what God says, you're not going to end up right. The Bible tells us we've got to be hearers and doers of the word of God. Do you obey God's, do you come ready to obey God's commandments? 
Do you come to church saying what God, what the pastor will say? That's what I will do. Do you do that? Do you come praying, God changed me? You know, there are some people that come to church and say, man, that was a great message for my cousin, man. Good. He didn't come. They come and say, oh, I hope he preaches to my wife tonight. Man, that message was so good for my sister. If she's listening, I'm sorry. You know, but we, we want the pastor to change everybody else, not us. You know, the only person that you can change is you. And if you hear and don't do, it's not going to help you. The Bible tells us the commandment is clear. Hear my commandments and obey them. Look at what the Bible says in Luke chapter 6, verse 46. Luke 6, 46. Luke 6, 46. The Bible tells us, and why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? The problem with many Christians today is that we want God to be our Lord, but we don't want to obey him. That is, why do you call me Lord? Why do you, why do you say that, you, that I own you when you don't obey what I say? The Bible tells us if we are to build successful homes, we got to listen to what he says. Luke chapter 11, verse 28, the Bible tells us, Luke eleven twenty-eight 28 says, but he said... Yea, rather, blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. You know who is a blessed home? That home that comes on Sunday morning, hungry to be changed by the word of God, to go outside and live a different life. You know, it is amazing that sometimes you're preaching as a pastor and you see a marriage and, you know, when you're up here, you can see everything. They're not holding hands. They don't want nothing to do with each other. But then you preach the sermon. They come to the altar, they leave hugging. You know why? Because there's a marriage that said, you know, I want to change. I want to change. There are some people that come here, you know, and I hate texting on the phone. I, when I'm preaching, you know, you're looking around and people are on, and I'm like, you, you need this. I need it. And we live the same way that we came, and then we want to go to the office of the pastor and him change my life. Just listen to what the word says. Do what the word says. And I promise you, you will build a great man. It is possible. In fact, it's easy. You just have to do what he says. The Bible tells us you got to hear, you got to do, and you can trust his commandments. Look what Joshua 1.8. Joshua 1.8. Joshua 1.8. The Bible tells us in Joshua 1.8, the Bible says... This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. That thou mayest observe to, uh, to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. The Bible tells you, young person, you want to have a good home? You can. Young couple, you want to be a good couple? You can. Older couple, you want to be a good couple? You can. You want a good, successful home? You can have it. Just do what I tell you to do. It is that simple. The Bible tells us that we can trust in his commandments. We can trust that what he says is true. When Moses needed him, Moses could trust in God. When Joshua needed him, God was there. When Daniel needed him, he was there. When the three Hebrew boys needed him, he was there. And when you need him, he can be there for you. 
He can change your marriage. He can change your situation. It doesn't matter how bad the problem is. It doesn't matter how big the storm is. It doesn't matter how bad it looks. It doesn't matter how, how bad the world is. If you want to have a successful marriage, you can because we can trust in God's promises. The Bible tells us you hear me, you do what I tell you to do, and you'll be okay. How's your marriage tonight? How's your marriage tonight? You know, many Christians are like this one guy. There was one guy that was dressed up, ready to go to work, and he gets into his new vehicle. He just bought, gets out. He's going in his suit, ready for his business meeting, stays on the side of the road. He opens the hood and has no clue what to do. It's just not turning on. And another guy comes in, kind of looking like a farmer, stands up right next to him, pulls up in the truck, and tells him, hey, man, you need a hand? The guy looks at him, and he's like, man, I'm wearing a suit. I'm successful. I'm smart. Look at this guy. What can he do for me? He tells him, no, nah, man, I'm good. What he didn't realize is that the guy that just pulled over was Henry Ford, the guy that designed and built his truck. You know how many times we are in a mess? And God wants to help you. And he tells you, listen, this is what you ought to do. And you say, no, man, I'm good. God designed and created marriage for it to be effective, for it to be right, for it to be successful. If you, if you need help, just come to him. Tell him, what do I need to do? I hate that people don't ask for help. You know, if you have a problem... It is as easy as coming and saying, Lord, what do I got to do? Hear it and do it. The first thing that I wanted to tell, show you was the, the commandment. The second one is the choice. Every, every Christian has a choice. Every Christian has a choice to make. Now, God gave the commandment, but you have to choose. You have to decide. What are you going to do? Are you going to obey the commandment? Or are you not going to obey the commandment? The Bible tells us that the choice, it's a very important choice. You can't redo the choice. You know, it is, it is good, especially if you're not married, young person. You want to kind of make sure that if the guy that you're going to marry, that he actually chooses to be a Christian. It is, it is a good thing to ask before you're going to get married, hey, are you a believer? How are we going to build, where are we going to build this marriage? What is going to be our foundation for our marriage? You know, many little, uh, many young guys want to just look at each other, do googly eyes and get married and then find out, I was never saved. I never, what are you talking? I was not a Christian. You know, that's a good thing to ask before. But as a marriage, the Bible tells us that you have the choice. And every person has to decide where you're going to build your marriage. Many of them decide to build it on books, psychology. They try to build it on fun, on riches. And you know what happens? It ends up in a mess. But the choice is yours. It is a very important choice to make. Look at what Joshua 25.15 says. Joshua 25.15. Joshua 25.15. The Bible tells us that the choice is a very important choice. Joshua 25, verse 15. I'm sorry, 24.15. 20, the Bible tells us, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day. Whom will ye serve, whether the gods which your father served that on the other side, of the, uh, on the other side of, the, of, uh, of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell? But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. 
It is a very important choice, but you know what is more important? That it's a personal choice. I can't make that decision for you. Sometimes as the pastors, we would love to get into your brain, do some tweaks, and then boom, get you out the door. You're ready to go. But it doesn't work that way. You have to personally decide where you're going to build your home. You can build your home in, the, in God's work. You can build your home wherever you want to. But the Bible tells us that it's an important choice, it's a personal choice, and it's a consistent choice. You have to continue to make the choice to serve the Lord. Joshua said, as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. I don't care what the other family is going to do. I don't care what the other marriages are going to do. I don't care where they're going to go. I don't care where they're building their marriage. For me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Have you made that choice tonight? Do you know that no matter what storm comes to your life, you will stay in the rock? Do you know that no matter what ideas come into, you, into your life, you're going to stay on the rock? Do you know that it doesn't matter what accident, what problem, what financial problem, what persecution, what temptation, whatever comes, you will stay on the rock. You know, many marriages come, they're building on the rock, the first storm comes around and you want to jump to another thing. The Bible tells us stay on the rock. He is the rock. Stay on the rock. That is a choice that every single couple has to make. And if you've done that choice before, it is not bad to redo it again. And say, we will stay on the rock. Yeah. Brother McCurdy says it. I've been here for just a few weeks, but he says it over and over again. It's, the problem is not that we don't, we don't know. The problem is not that we're not taught. The problem is that we don't want to do. And it's absolutely right. We need to do what God says. We need to choose to do what he says. And we can't build a successful marriage if you choose to build on the rock. And the last thing that I want to tell you is about the consequence. Look at what Luke chapter 6 says. just want to give you, number one, the commandment. Number two, the choice. Number three, the consequence. 648. The Bible says, he is like a man which built in a house and dig deep and laid the foundation on the rock. When, he uh, when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it, for he was founded upon the rock. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built in a house upon the earth, against which a stream did be uh, beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. The Bible tells us that there is a commandment that we ought to listen to. There is a choice that we need to make. And there is a consequence that we'll have according to your choice. A consequence is a result of the effect of an action. So if you do something, a consequence will happen. You know, many people say, well, how do we end up here? You know, there are couples today that are divorced that did not think they were going to be divorced last year. There's people that are fighting today that thought they would be married forever. And many times we think that we're okay. We start making choices. And then we wonder, how in the world did we get here? It is a consequence of the choices that you make. It's not one thing that will make you or break you. But it is a, a, a choice that you make one day at a time that takes you to the place that you end up and say, how do we, how do we get here? That is a choice that you got to make every day, and there is a consequence. There is only two consequences. Number one, we see a guy that had great success. This guy decided that he was going to build upon the rock, 
He said, it doesn't matter how hard it is, I will dig. It doesn't matter how expensive it gets, I will spend. It doesn't matter how much, how much I have to spend my time and my life in there, I will build it. And he took a long time. It cost him a, it cost him a lot of energy. It cost him a lot of money, but he built his house. And when the storms came, it was okay. You know, it doesn't matter how hard it is to build a house on the rock. You know, many people tell me, Pastor, but you don't understand. It is hard. It is hard to build upon the rock. It is hard to go three times a week to church. It is hard to go out soul winning, especially when it's cold. It is hard to give. It is hard to do this. You know what's harder? Get divorced. That's harder. You know what's harder? To lose your kids. That's harder. But you pick your heart. But I'd rather take hard time building the house than going through the rumble. It is hard to do. It is tiring. Sometimes you don't want to show up. But you do it anyways because it's a choice that you make every day that you can build a successful home. The other guy didn't have that much success. The other guy decided to build on the sand. The other guy decided to do what, he, what felt good at the time. The other guy decided that he was not going to get any help. The other guy decided that he knew better. In his house, the Bible tells you, look what the Bible says at the very end of 49. And immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. You know, nobody builds a house so you can't be destroyed. Nobody starts a marriage thinking you're going to get divorced. Nobody is starting a family thinking it's not going to work out. Nobody starts that young person. Nobody says that. But many end up there. Why? Because they did not build the right you know, the only difference between one guy and the other was the rock, was Christ. You know what's going to make the difference in your marriage? Christ. Money doesn't matter. A car doesn't matter. The house doesn't matter. The country that you live in doesn't matter. The only thing that matters to build a home is Christ. One guy decided, I can't build a house without Christ. The other guy said, I can do it without Christ. The choice is yours. What do you want to do? I suggest that you build on the rock. I remember when I was 15 years old, and I kept continuing to growing up, and I wanted to be a soccer player. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be successful. You want the money. You want the fame, all of this stuff. And I remember my dad one day asked me this question that changed my life forever. He said this, what kind of home do you want to have? I told him, what do you mean? He told me, look at your professional soccer players. Look at the persons that you hang out with and look at their marriage he said and then look at our marriage look at our home he says what kind of home do you want to have I started looking divorce divorce they don't talk to their kids they don't talk to their spouse they show up there's no spark ever then I look at my parents and you know my parents and they're having fun every day. And it's not, the, it's not my father's look that keeps them together, you know? <laughs> you know what I said? That day I said, I want my dad's home. I want my dad's home. A lot of people tell me, why did you serve God? Because I want my dad's home. That's all I want. I want to grow old. I want to be with my wife. I want to have a successful marriage. I want to laugh. Play, I want to serve God until I die. 
The choice is yours. What kind of home do you want? You can think that you can play around. You can try to put Christ in there, play around to be the Christian. You can fake it for a few years. You can decide to fight at home and then try to make it right at church. But you know what? It's not going to be like that forever. Because the consequences of your choice will, find, will one day get you. I want that kind of marriage that it doesn't matter what kind of storm the, the, the life brings at me, we stay together. You know, the life is not fair. He always sends storms. And both homes had storms, but one stayed together. Perfect homes are not those homes that never have problems, but homes that even through the trials, they stay together. That's the marriage that it should be. The choice is yours. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the day you have given us tonight. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your preaching, Lord. I ask you that you please touch the hearts of whoever you want to help tonight, Lord. I ask you that you please let everybody receive the, heart, the, the, the message, Lord. And I ask you, Lord, that you please help us tonight. Help me tonight, Lord, to stay in my choice to serve you.